You remember that, right? Well, video games have come a long way since then. It's no longer just guys playing in their mom's basements. Now teams play in their own arenas. MVG Salem is your EVO 2017 champion. Are ranked in coaches' polls, have television contracts, and even their own sneakers. 380 million people say they are fans. The China Championship sold 80,000 tickets in one minute. Your son or daughter likely has a favorite team. Danny White and Dale Whitaker would do well to help the UCF Gaming Knights be part of this global phenomenon. The college experience is changing, my friends. Welcome to eSports. This show is all about separating hype from fundamental change. I'm Paul Jarley, Dean of the College of Business here at UCF. I've got lots of questions. To get answers, I'm talking to people with interesting insights into the future of business. Have you ever wondered, is this really a thing? On to our show. We feel strongly uh, that uh, we have every right to claim a national championship, and that's why we're doing it. You know, only thing we can do is win games, and we want all of them. I mean, if you want to put one more in front of us, we'll probably win that one too. Yes. We're the self-proclaimed national champions of college football. And unless you've been in a closet for the last six months, you know Shaquem Griffin's story. It was a great year to be a UCF Knight. But I sometimes wonder if college football isn't really the last war. Maybe the next war is eSports. Esports? Listen in. No, that's not a crowd reacting to a Justin Upton homer. It's Justin Wong making an epic comeback in a game of Street Fighter in 2004. Ask any 16-year-old boy about esports and whether UCF should field a team, and you get an answer like this. A great idea, honestly. I'd watch it. Trust me, that's Spencer being excited. He's a man of few words. And in fairness to him, I was interrupting his game of Fortnite, so I kept my interrogation short. And how much would you pay to go to an event? However much it would take, I guess. How, how much they would charge. I needed to get up to speed on this whole esports thing. So I went to visit Ben Knoll. Ben is a former EA Sports executive and currently heads up UCF's Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy. That's our nationally renowned graduate video gaming program in downtown Orlando. So Ben, I know you've been in the gaming industry for quite a while. What is eSports? Well, eSports is uh, short for electronic sports, and it was basically you're your playing competitive gaming. Calling video games sports? Now I know what you're thinking. That's kind of a stretch. But Ben says the level of skill and teamwork actually makes the two kind of similar. It's usually team-based, and it's online, and it's usually played globally. And it was really never became big until um, at which time we had the internet that could allow for such things. Big is an understatement. Globally, there's 380 million people that self-identify as eSport fans. Listen to Tony Schiller, Executive Vice President and Partner at Paragon Marketing Group. We help big brands like Gatorade and PNC Bank and Yokohama Tire and many, many more. We help big banks engage with their target audience. And um, it's all about the affinity that the target audience has. It's mind-blowing. You know, there are events at the United Center in Chicago, at Madison Square Garden in New York, at Staples Center in Los Angeles that go on sale, esports tournaments, and they go on sale, and, and within a half an hour, an hour, two hours, they are sold out clean. And that's 20,000 people paying money to watch a few people down at center court, basically, playing a video game. 20,000 tickets ain't nothing. Listen to Rich Lapchak, 
director of the DeVos Sports Business Management Program here at UCF. 80,000 tickets were sold to the China Championship in one minute. And then there's this nugget from Mike Redlick, director of external affairs for the DeVos program. The athletic shoe companies are now coming out with actual gaming shoes. For players that play games, they have their own specific type of shoe. Yes, they do. K-Swiss is designing a pair of sneakers for an esports team called the Immortals. You can expect them to be on shelves in December for the bargain price of $110 a pair. I don't need any more evidence than this. Esports is definitely a thing. But that doesn't mean it's a college thing. Should colleges nurture this? Should it become a varsity sport? Should the NCAA get involved? It was time to get a student's view. So I searched out the president of the UCF Gaming Knights, Abil Payano, to get his take on this. Thanks for doing this. We'll try to make it painless. Thank you for having me. Abil is a student majoring in psychology here at UCF. His Gaming Knights has about 120 dues-paying members, making it one of the largest student organizations on campus. Suppose someone came to you and said, we want to recruit you to the UCF um, esports team that is going to play in the American Athletic Conference, just like football and basketball team do um, and we're offering scholarship money for you um would you take that deal um esports is going to go that way i i think it very much has the potential florida florida itself um is a little behind on that note okay. for for esports but if we were to get that offer we would definitely try to take that offer if possible because scholarships are a goal for collegiate esports um, so you can imagine the day when maybe in addition to a football team and a basketball team, we have an esports team. Yeah, very much. So uh, if you can look at examples, like I believe it's uh, Oklahoma State, they have uh, an esports arena built for them already. He's right. We're behind. More than 70 universities offer scholarships to their varsity esports teams. Even campus libraries are giving way to esports. Boise State, for example, has cleared 3,000 square feet of its library and devoted it to its esports team. And then there's the Big Ten. Hello and welcome to the second broadcast of the 2017 Big Ten Network League of Legends. The Big Ten fielded a competition among all 14 schools that was broadcast on the Big Ten Network and gave out $500,000 in scholarship money. So why aren't we trying to get into the League of Legends top 25 coaches poll right now? Well... Esports has issues. Issue one, violent games with fickle fan bases. Tony Schiller. A lot of these games are shooter games. And that should be something that the NCAA and universities contemplate very deeply relative to is this something that we want to be a part of introducing violence within esports into our campuses. If you know esports, a game like Fortnite, which is at mass hysteria levels now, and I don't mean to denigrate the game, but in a year or two, Fortnite might not be the game anymore. So does the NCAA utilize one game? Does the, the game constantly evolve? And there's different publishers who are part of the NCAA pool. Abiel, on the other hand, thinks that's all manageable. I'll use uh, the Smash series as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melee has been out since 2001. Okay. It's been 17 years and people are still playing that game and it still has an insane amount of following. Mm-hmm. And there's just there's active tournaments and there's major tournaments every other week, practically. Issue two. Yeah, that. Ben Noel. When they go online and go into these environments, it's like their own fight club, their own and they can they can 
they can smack talk, they can be the inappropriate language that they would, wouldn't use in the classroom is being used. Abiel agrees, but he notes gamers can be self-regulating. We've had to deal with our own forms of toxicity and sportsmanship within our events. Uh, for example, we used to have a bad relationship with the CSGO community for that's Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Uh-huh. Um, because we had we just had an issue because we had a tournament for them and then they were yelling at each other from across the room and we that doesn't really help help uh an open casual event flow properly it doesn't feel great it wasn't fun to be there so we had to talk to them and then we didn't host tournaments for them for a bit as a form of punishment or just negligence Mm -hmm. um but now we've we've reconnected and they're one of our esports teams issue three it's a bunch of white guys playing in their mom's basement. Rich Lapjack. The concept of esports, it's a team sport. Uh, if you don't play together as a team, you're not going to win. So depending on who's on the team, if it's five white guys, uh, the power of the huddle is going to be limited to that. But it's going to draw them together and make them closer. But when I talk about the power of the huddle, my concern is about uh, what people look like, where they're from, what they believe in coming together in that huddle. And at this stage... Um, although the, there are a fair number of people of color playing eSport, I'm told that, it's, that, that that's not really an issue, especially globally. But Abiel says things are changing. Most of our teams have, if it's a team of like six, they'll have one or two females participating on that team just because they're the best. Issue four, PEDs. The suppliers don't just juice the participants. They sponsor the events. Rich Labcheck. Adderall is very commonly used. Uh, anti-sleep pills are used. Energy drinks are consumed. Monster Energy is actually sponsoring the UCF uh, team. Issue five, the establishment, meaning they're not athletes and it's not a sport. Danny White is UCF's athletic director. A part of intercollegiate athletics and as uh, calling them athletes and e-athlete, I, I just don't think that sends the right message to our student athletes who spend so much time and invest so much of themselves uh, physically and mentally and the experience that they get from a leadership standpoint, being a part of a team and a, and a sport, it, I don't, I don't, in my mind, you can't replicate that uh, in, uh, in gaming. Don't get the wrong idea. Danny thinks there's a place for esports on campus, just not in the athletics department. He likens it more to our student competitions in professional sales or cybersecurity. But nobody is buying tickets to cybersecurity or sales competitions, despite the fact that UCF has won national championships in both of these areas too. Nor are these academic competitions being broadcast on something like Twitch TV. Twitch is the esports streaming channel. Esports huge fan base and marketing potential has Danny White, the athletic director, interested in esports as a way to promote his teams and help drive his bottom line. Everybody has kind of a, a similar interest that we're seeing out of pro sports. And I, I know the Magic are actively engaged with esports as it relates to building a fan base, as it relates to potentially even filling a venue. I'm not sure that's going to work. Listen to Abiel. For example, I used to play basketball and football when I was younger, but I don't yeah. exactly find playing Madden or NBA 2K on my Xbox or PS4 as fun as actually playing it. Playing of the team sport like Madden or 2K while sitting down on a controller kind of doesn't feel the, doesn't feel right to me. And Tony Schiller notes NBA 2K just hasn't lived up to expectations yet. 
However, the NBA marketing machine really hasn't been targeted against 2K yet. And once the NBA starts leveraging all of their marketing resources against 2K, I think you'll see a lift. But with that said, the numbers have been pretty low. Issue six, why not just turn pro? There's a ton of money in it. But as Tony Schiller explains, there's a potential role for colleges, both in player development and in marketing the sport. You may want to create a technology environment that supports the student athletes and treat them like student athletes and provide them with the resources, whether it's technology, whether it's sports psychology, whether it's nutrition, whether it's fitness, provide these student athletes with the same level of resource and support that other programs would have. Um, potentially you may want to create your own tournament and host a tournament. I would question that. Ben agrees that colleges could theoretically provide the player development pieces esports athletes need. But he thinks it's going to be an uphill battle. You know, if we wanted to get into MMA or boxing, um, we, would, we could do it. They, they have them, you know, fraternities will have boxing clubs and stuff like that. But it's not going to make a whole lot of money because it's not playing at the highest levels. Mm -hmm. And so you have a professional esports leagues and these people are very good. They're pros. They're the best in the world at doing it. Uh, those are the ones that people want to watch. Mm -hmm. um, using the brand of a college, you know, to compete against each other. I could see something there of, of a college competition. and, and I, I don't see it near, being near as big. Issue seven. Uh, the NCAA. They're considering getting in, but hardly anyone thinks that's a good idea. Let's not beat a dead horse here, Danny White. As a membership, we're struggling to regulate what we currently have in the NCAA. Rich Lapchak is even more blunt. I don't have a lot of faith that the NCAA is in a position to monitor a lot of the things that they monitor, so this is so different, so new, I'm not sure if they would be in a position to do it. The lone dissenter is Tony Schiller. The NCAA is an entity that, that is focused on revenue, and there is a lot of revenue, and it's growing exponentially in terms of sponsorship, in terms of advertising, in terms of ticket sales. So I think that is one of the drivers of why the NCAA will want to be there. Whether the NCAA figures it out or not, the DeVos program has plenty of young talent to help manage esports. As Mike Redlick notes, it's already creeping into the curriculum. ESPN two years ago came to us and we have a partnership with them at the DeVos program and ESPN asked us to have a real world experience project for our students where they would determine to what extent ESPN should actually become involved with esports, broadcast esports coverage, etc. And the, kid, uh, the students were thrilled. They felt that ESPN should be de devoting a good portion of their coverage to them. And as Rich notes, students are eager to get jobs in the industry. My personal GA this semester, who's just fantastic, he would like a career in esports. Mike agrees, noting lots of students want to get into the industry. I, you know what? I think the percentage is extremely high. I talk to um, our students about more traditional sports like baseball, uh, anything that has a demographic that they're not part of, and the interest isn't really there. If I talk to them about esports, they're all excited. The buzz goes around the room immediately. Time to get to the bottom line. Is esports going to be a thing on college campuses like college football or basketball? From Tony Schiller. The answer simply is yes. From Ben No. I think you have esports teams on colleges' campuses, um, but it might be fraternity versus fraternity. From Danny White. It could be a, a pretty cool thing, but it's definitely not a 
sport. From Mike Redlick. Every indication is that it's going to continue. From Rich Lapchuk. I don't think there's a way to avoid it. It's growing so quickly. It's so lucrative. Um, I think college sports is about money in a lot of ways. From Abil Payano. Already, yeah. We already have teams that are entered in the relevant leagues for their games. It's my podcast, so I get to go last. Spirit Splash, the best college campus tradition in the country, didn't start because university administrators decided to engineer an event for a young institution looking for new traditions. It started when kids jumped into the reflecting pond. The university eventually got on board, despite the lawyers offering plenty of reasons to be against it. And now it's hard to imagine UCF without it. Ditto for esports. Students are jumping in. High schools are getting into esports. The university will catch up. People will figure this out because there's too much money in it. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be a big thing. Probably outside the NCAA. But don't be surprised to see us cheering on the UCF gaming nights at a competition someday soon, similar to March Madness or the World Cup. So what's your take? Check us out online and share your thoughts at business.ucf.edu podcast. You can also find extended interviews with our guests and notes from the show. Special thanks to my producer, Josh Miranda, and the whole team at the Office of Outreach and Engagement here at the UCF College of Business. And thank you for listening. Until next time, charge on. Star.